Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, how you doing? My name is Nolan. I am from Past Gas by Donut Media, the Internet's number one automotive history show. That's right. We talk car history. And this week we are talking about a lesser known underappreciated, underrated, undermentioned tuning house called Tommy Kyra. If you're deep into the JDM world, you know these guys. But for those of you who don't, Tommy Kyra is responsible for some of the most understated and just cool tuner cars out there. They had a really interesting philosophy on how they built their cars. Originally, one of the founders sold AMG and other European sports cars through his dealership in Japan and decided to take that same ethos with domestic Japanese vehicles, and they ended up with some really, really cool stuff. This is a cool story. This was a fun one, really just goofy time with James and Joe. So go check that out. Tommy Kyra on Past Gas, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show today. Thank you. Bye. Hey, welcome back to Past Gas, the Donut Media Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. My name is Nolan Sykes. James is not in this week again because um, he's taking issue. some rest. He's taking some rest. So with me today, I have one Joe Weber. Hey, yo. And one Jeremiah Burton. Hello, hello. They are both writers at Donut Media, and uh, they're great guys. And we just last week we had a ton of fun talking about the PT Cruiser, which we're going to continue today. Was that last week already? That was last oh my week. Hey guys, welcome to the Past Gas Podcast. If you like Past Gas, please help us grow by giving us a good rating and a nice review on the podcast platform of your choice. It'll really help us out, and I really appreciate that, so thank you. All right, now for the show. All right, heading into the new millennium, Chrysler had a lot of good energy surrounding them. Sure, the Prowler didn't do amazing, but it gave Chrysler a much-needed image rebranding and got people excited for what was to come. They had spent the better part of a decade designing and engineering a new car using the most sophisticated technology on the planet, and they were confident it was going to be a hit. The PT Cruiser was Chrysler's savior. Chrysler chose a plant in Toluca, Mexico, right outside of Mexico City, to begin production on the new car. This Chrysler plant had a reputation for building high-quality cars on a shoestring budget. So this the workers were not paid very well, probably. That, that's what that means. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
This plant also made Dodge Sebrings and Stratices, or Stratuses, Dodge Stratuses. The goal for the year 2000, the first year of production for the PT Cruiser, was to build 180,000 of them. But Chrysler immediately ran into a problem. The car and the engine were assembled on separate production lines until the engine has to go into the engine bay. Chrysler did this all the time. But because everything on the PT Cruiser was machined to fit perfectly, there is literally no room for error. The engine bay had only 0.6 of an inch clearance. Experienced workers struggled to fit the engine into the PT Cruiser, and for the first couple weeks of production, they only finished one car a day. For reference, Ferrari today builds about 20 cars a day. The only way the Toluca plant could do it was by stopping both assembly lines until the engine had been installed in one car. Something needed to be done quickly if they were ever going to meet the 180,000 car quota. Can you imagine being on the production line and like you're in the middle somewhere? <laughs> you're like, dude, I'm good at making doors, putting doors on this thing. Right. Those biffs at the end of the line... <laughs> Just do your job. Put the engine in. I do want to be the guy who gets to run up and like hit the red button. <laughs> like, stop. Sorry. Got to put the engine in, guys. What do you want me to do? Solve the problem. Exec Gary Henson told the plant manager, Luis Rivas, to practice the process for two weeks. The workers set up a three-section practice area in a corner of the factory. Each sector had five workers, and if they could not complete their task before the car moved to the next section, the line would hold until they could. Seems pretty reasonable. At the end of the two-week practice session, the plant went from one car a day to one car every 10 minutes. Eventually, as production got into a groove and Chrysler was selling cars, the Toluca plant could build one PT Cruiser every 80 seconds. Problem solved. So Dang. that whole thing was because there was only 0.6 of an inch i think combined or like so like when you're dropping the motor in before the hood's on yeah you have a little bit more than half an inch to squeeze in the yeah. motor to get it in in place because they used all these cad systems mm -hmm. the engineers designed it to be as practical and like utilitarian as possible right so they used every square uh, inch they every could. square inch of space and then yeah. had the workers figure it out. <laughs> Engineers are dicks. Yeah. <laughs> the year 2000 was huge for the PT Cruiser. The car officially went on sale in March, and people went crazy for them. For the first year, the PT only came in two trim levels. Base model PTs had an MSRP of $15,450, and the highest trim level, the limited edition, came in at 18260 which, according to my inflation calculator, $15,450 in today's money is $23,171. Okay. That's more expensive than I thought. And yeah. then the top of the line trim at $18,260 is the same as $27,385 today. So I got a $23,000 car or a $27,000 car. Yeah. yeah. What, what can you get for twenty three grand today? Civics? Uh -huh. Uh, Subaru Crosstrek. Subaru Crosstrek. Get some a nice Kia, if you'd like. But it was going up against Camrys and yes, and probably yeah. Accords. Probably Accords. Yeah. yeah, you know, and there's probably like a lot of people like people cross shop really weird stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. I bet there's people cross shopping against like Jeeps. Sure, maybe and, like a Rav Four. Yeah, right. that kind of stuff. But Rav Fours sure. are pretty pretty small compared to this, right? So this had five more 
cubic feet of cargo space cargo than space. the RAV4. Than a RAV4. Wow. Okay. Okay. Anyway, at that price point, even the most expensive PT was pretty affordable. Customers love the PT for its unique heritage-inspired styling and utilitarian design. It Don't was, you ever say retro. <laughs> yeah. It was reliable, cheap, fun, and had a cool factor. It didn't look like anything else on the road, which was, again, we have to remember, this car was a huge deal back then, and that was a large reason why. It was it looks pretty groundbreaking. <laughs> Dealers couldn't keep these things in stock, and soon wait lists filled up. One guy from Louisiana bought one of the first PTs in his state, and someone stopped him on the street and immediately bought it with cash for more than he paid, even though it had a cracked windshield. <laughs> that shows the demand for these cars. The hype for the PT Cruiser created was on par with the new Beetle at the time. It was a hit right off the bat, and the big wigs at Chrysler were eating it up, especially Tom Gale. Tom Gale. And Senior Vice President of Design, Trevor Creed. These two guys were the official hype men for the PT Cruiser. They always knew when to drop a Cruiser Mania or PT Fever in an interview to blow the whole situation out of proportion. So most of the quotes in this book are from these two guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Tooting their they're, own horn a little bit. They're tooting their own horn. They're tooting the PT's horn. Mm -hmm. Beep, beep. <laughs> it's hilarious because Tom Gale was involved in a lot of other cars at Chrysler because he was head of design. Like, he was one of the reasons the Viper got built. He was, you know, the neon SRT. He was head of SRT for a while. Well, and, yeah, he's a hot rod enthusiast. Yeah, but, like, he's super jazzed about the PT as well. But also, it makes sense because... Like last week we learned they sold over a million of these, right? Yeah. So he's making money, honey. You know, <laughs> yeah. of course he's pumped. You know, if you go sell a million of anything, you're doing pretty good. That's true. Yeah. I can't. We were like different people last week. <laughs> <laughs> I've grown so much. Uh, whether it was a rear luggage rack, front end bra, or polished chrome wheels, Chrysler encouraged drivers to customize their PTs. Tom Gale said. It fits any lifestyle. Some may see it as a tribute to the classic era, a street rod. Others as a multifaceted and functional light truck in a class of its own. Or some as simply a, a cool set of wheels. Oh boy, Tom. <laughs> the Speed Equipment Manufacturing Association, or SEMA show in late 2000, was packed full of custom PT cruisers. This is when it gets really good. There was a Louis Vuitton cruiser, mm. a Tag Heuer cruiser, even a futuristic Woody concept. Tom Gale personally debuted the GT Cruiser concept with a turbocharged 2.4 liter inline four. But the most exciting had to be the Brian Setzer Vavoom Setzer Cruiser. <laughs> I kept accidentally typing Seltzer. Yeah, I thought his name was Brian Seltzer until <laughs> just now. So these were all just one-off builds yeah. that people brought to SEMA. Yeah. And became popular. I, you have your laptop in front of you. Yeah. I suggest you look up the Vavoom PT Cruiser right now. I'll describe the picture oh, that God. I see. Yep. Uh, bright candy blue, chrome wheels. It has red flames going down the side with block text that says Vavoom in the flames. <laughs> and a guy standing outside it playing a red guitar. A guy? <laughs> that <laughs> That's Brian Seltzer, dude. <laughs> If you took the year 2000 and boiled it down in, into a syrup, the Vavoom Cruiser is just that. Like Jeremiah mentioned, it's painted in electric blue with yellow and orange flames. This PT was customized by Chrysler's Pacifica Advanced Product Design Center. 
It features a built-in guitar rack, an amplifier inside the cab, and the word Vavoom on the Fender, which uh, was actually a promotion for Seltzer's album of the same name. Oh, my It had cat-eye taillights and bright orange leather seats. Nothing says class like bright orange leather. We'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. In the first year of production, Chrysler sold 175,000 PT Cruisers across 58 different countries. Dang. That was good news, as they had planned to sell... 180,000. So a little short, but that's all right. The better news was that Chrysler received 300,000 expressions of interest in buying next year's model. Gotta love those expressions of interest. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm interested. (laughs) That means nothing to me. I express my interest. (laughs) You just shout it from your, from your rooftop. It's my money and I need it. <laughs> I do declare I'm interested in this PT. All right. Mm. To deal with the demand, Chrysler started producing European PT cruisers at a plant in Graz, Austria. When that proved to be not enough, they spent $300 million to expand the Toluca, Mexico plant in order to bump production up to 80,000 more PTs a year. This is going it's going bananas. In 2001, uh, Chrysler debuted the PT Woody and Dream Cruisers. The Woody was a limited run of 1,000 cars in a 1960s surf-style wagon, complete with a vinyl wood paneling on the doors. It was modeled after the 1941 to 1950 Chrysler Town & Country, and apparently it was a collaboration with East Coast-based Ron John Surf Shops. Oh, I, you know, those keychains. Yeah. I live, I used to live right by Ron John's. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The Dream Cruiser was named after an annual event in Detroit, the Woodward Dream Cruise. Every year, up to 1.5 million people and 30,000 cars would cruise Woodward Street, one of the best cruise strips in the U.S. They only made 7,500 Dream Cruisers that had numbered plaques on the middle console. It's like really gaudy, big plaque. Uh, they came in Inca gold with a gold-colored Matrix leather seats. Oh, yeah, they so they're leather that you had. It was called Matrix leather. One crazy special edition that I'm actually pretty jealous of was sold exclusively in the UK. It's called the PT Cruiser Nintendo DS Edition. It featured two Nintendo DSs, unique badging, and tinted windows, 
Only a hundred of them were made, unfortunately. Chrysler would show up to events like BMX contests and the Touch Me Tour. What? <laughs> that's, that's what exact, they called it. That's exactly what you want to name your tour going to young kids <laughs> playing video games. Yeah. It's the Touch Me Tour. Which was a... a Get inside my van. <laughs> it's actually a light truck. <laughs> one notable one being the V10-powered PT-10. It had a flatbed and a Viper engine in it that boasted 500 horsepower. That's so sick. But that wasn't the most exciting thing that happened that year, believe it or not. At the 2001 New York International Auto Show, Trevor Creed debuted the PT Cruiser Convertible. Chrysler saw it as a necessary evolution in a sector of cars that they already had a good foothold in. Chrysler basically owned the convertible market in the U.S., uh, at the time, other car manufacturers weren't producing many drop tops, and the Sebring made up 15% of the convertible market. That's just the Sebring. Chrysler was hoping to add to that success with the PT convertible. So and I want to stop for one second. Think about how crazy that is. One car makes up 15, 15% of a yeah. sector of cars. And it's a Chrysler. Yeah. And guess what? Chrysler was right. People responded to the convertible concept very well. It, it, the regular PT Cruiser also won Motor Trends Car of the Year Award in 2001, which still is very impressive. Uh, the PT Cruiser was meant to appeal to a younger audience. It was cheap, customizable, and most importantly, unique. But when Chrysler took a look at who was buying it, they were surprised. It wasn't so much cool young hipsters as it was old oldies. <laughs> as it turns out... When you built a car that's meant to look like it's a car from the 30s, the only people that buy it are going to be people who live through the 30s. <laughs> As an added bonus, older people loved how easy it was to get in and out of and how high the seats were. It was also very quiet. Millions of dollars in development money had been spent in the NVH department, or noise, vibration, and harshness, to decrease engine, road, and wind noise. This is like the same problem that the Scion XB had because they developed a really practical, hip, unique looking car for young people, but it was also very easy to get in and out of, so only old people bought it. Yeah. Is that the one with the commercial with the dancing mice? No, that's the Kia Soul, which also <laughs> Those are hamsters. also very easy to get in and out of and very practical and unique looking, and yeah. old people buy it. Actually, one of my ex-girlfriends drove one, and it was... It's a good car. Kind of like Scion, <laughs> where it was like, okay, there's all these old people that are buying our cars. Let's have concerts and art shows yeah. to yeah. attract younger buyers. And it, Mar I don't know. Marketing is crazy, though. Yeah. Like, they spent hours and hours and like hundreds and thousands, millions of dollars to be like, this is the people we're going to go after. And then they release this car it becomes a success but not with the people that they yeah. designed it yeah. for that's just crazy it didn't matter if the customers were old or not pt cruisers were still selling and the people who bought them loved them maybe some people didn't get it but the ones who did they went all in if there's one thing to be said about the pt cruiser community it's that the fans are hardcore still even today there are active PT Cruiser clubs all around the country and in other countries like Japan, England, Italia, Italia, <laughs> Australia, Germany, and the Netherlands. There is even a magazine called Cruiser Quarterly. Chrysler bought into this early on and started hosting events centered around the PT Cruiser. There was the PT Block Party, an annual event where over 3,000 PT Cruisers could show up and talk to other owners, show off their cars and mods, and even customize their PT then and there at the Mopar Speed Shop, 
which featured a bunch of aftermarket parts. The first one was held at Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois, with a concert at the end emceed by Casey Kasem that featured act like Chuck Berry and Little Anthony and the Imperials. And Casey Kasem. You know, those guys. <laughs> yeah. They're... I think that's a huge get, first of all. Casey Kasem? No, Little Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Casey Kasem definitely goes towards the older audience for sure. This, they're having these events, these mm-hmm. like block party events and it's cool it kind of drums up this uh energy within the community people bring their pts and show off their flames or whatever like it's always flames yeah one year the pt block party was held on route 66 at the head of the pack was a street cruiser route 66 edition dedicated to the mother road honestly this is really hard to (laughs) convince people this is a cool car when they keep doing stuff like this (laughs) like at the time like i'm pretty sure route 66 was like played out by that time oh yeah i would say so that life is a highway song when did that come out i don't even know Uh, (laughs) the event ended in pomona california at the Fairplex that was decorated like a 1950s town, quote. <laughs> they held model competitions for the kids, had a drag strip where you could test the yet-to-be-released PT Cruiser GT, and there's a concert by none other than our friends, Little Anthony and the Imperials. Little Anthony's really cashing in on this PT Cruiser thing. Yeah, man, he's not. he knows a good thing when he sees it. <laughs> Chrysler highly encouraged drivers to customize their PTs, play, and have fun with them. They used these events to listen to customer requests and what they expected in future models. So they're taking notes from their loyal customers, which is really smart. 2002 was the first year that clutchless electronic gear shifting was available, called Auto Stick. (laughs) (laughs) It was done by levers next to the steering wheel. Oh my goodness. This was also the first year you could get your PT Cruiser with flame decals from the factory. Nice. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) The flame option came in four different paint schemes. Black, Inferno Red, Deep Cranberry, and Silver. Damn, dude. The cranberry is my favorite. Deep Cranberry. (laughs) (laughs) It has blue flames. So wait, these are just the colors of the flames you could get? These are the like flame packages that you okay. could order. And it was just a paint scheme with vinyl flames on it. And the silver one, I don't know why anyone would get that. It doesn't you can barely even tell there's flames on it. But the cranberry one has blue flames. Wow. Melting I, into Oh, I remember this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember all those. I'm pretty sure someone in my town had one of these things. I I love the PT Cruiser. I think. <laughs> <laughs> like I just had a wave of love and nostalgia for this thing. We're not even done yet. The PT Cruiser GT debuted in 2003. It had a turbocharged 2.4 liter four cylinder that made 215 horsepower. I believe this is the same engine that was in the Neon SRT4. It featured an aluminum engine block instead of the usual cast iron one. That's awesome. As well as a redesigned head and crank. They use the sound as a marketing device, saying that it doesn't sound like a normal PT. They also added special acoustic dampeners in the turbo intake manifold that killed all the turbo noises. That's what I what? don't understand about this whole thing. They 
they were like, oh, this thing sounds cool. But then they're like, but don't put any turbo noises. Like, make That's make sure. Listen, they're they're going for that older crowd. They who really like, are. Yeah. They like quiet rides. What, what's the name of that department? NVH, Noise yeah. Vibration yeah, yeah. Harmonics. They were like, don't you dare with our noise <laughs> vibration That or must harmonics. have been what happened, man. Can you imagine if an old person heard like, and they're like, oh, no. Dude. Oh, no, did I run over a bird? <laughs> well, what's interesting about this engine, um, if I'm correct, is that it doesn't have a muffler. The turbo killed enough of the noise that it didn't need that. And, like, that's kind of the same thing you hear when you see, like, a, a Fiat 500 to Barth. Mm-hmm. It's the same, di- same deal. Oh, yeah, that's um, they, right. Those don't have mufflers. They sound awesome. Right. But I bet it was just too loud for that PT crowd, Yeah, honestly. Chrysler wanted to appeal to a younger crowd, and younger crowds want Mopal, baby. And Mopal, baby, they got, baby. <laughs> That's in the script. <laughs> Arguably the best PT of all time came a year later in 2004. The PT Cruiser GT Turbo High Output had an updated version of the turbocharged 2.4 liter that now made 220 horsepower. Paired with a five-speed Getrag transmission, it could go zero to 60 in 7.5 seconds. It did come with an automatic option that had a zero time that was a half a second slower. <laughs> Dang it. Isn't that crazy that there's a half a second difference between the automatic and manual? Usually, well, at this time, yeah, I mean, usually automatics are faster. Well, this, nowadays. Nowadays, I guess. This is just a bad transmission. The MSRP of the GT was $28,000 back then, which is about $41,000 today. Can you imagine spending $41,000 on a PT Cruiser? I'd spend twice that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Chrysler was sending mixed signals. The GT was aimed at a younger audience, but the price didn't reflect that. Isn't that that's the truth, man? Still still like that. We'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Uh, 2004 was the first year you could buy a PT Cruiser convertible from the factory. <laughs> Fans had been holding their breath for four years since the concept debuted in 2001. Instead of retrofitting an already existing PT Cruiser convertible was designed from the ground up as a convertible. Nothing from the A-pillar back on the convertible was interchangeable with the regular PT Cruiser. That's pretty incredible. Chrysler engineers used a CAD system, or computer-aided design system, to fortify structural integrity. The sport bar stretched across the cabin helped with rigidity. The stiffer body meant a quieter ride, better handling, and limited twist and bend. It was actually much quieter than most convertibles. The NVH team went crazy with sound dampening. It was said that you could have had a picnic table conversation with your passenger while the top was down. That's definitely some corporate marketing speak there. (laughs) The sports bar also moved air over the car, so it didn't get sucked back in the cabin. That's very cool. It had a slightly different grille and a bumper the same color as the car instead of the dark gray plastic bumpers on the rest of the models, which is very good. But like PT enthusiasts hated this new update. I don't know why. I feel like the... The bumper of the same color looks better than the big gray bumper. And they also mess with the grill a little bit. Let's get some opinion going here. Some hot takes. Like it's like a separate piece in the earlier ones, right? Yeah. And then they oh, yeah, here we go. kind of molded it. But I do like the older one. Really? Yeah. Oh, because okay. the, the grill portion on the new one, it doesn't go all the way down. Yeah, it doesn't drop down. like The, the old one definitely uh, looks more like the Prowler. I do like the old one better. I yeah. don't like the gray bumper, but I do like the grill better on the older one. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> what am I talking about? The regular PT was updated as well with the new front from the outside. 
it would seem like a small change, but to PT loyalists, it was a slap in the face. So much so that they called any cruiser from 2004 on second gen, even though technically there was only one generation over the life of the PT. Just got a little facelift. The general public also began to turn on the Heritage Cruiser as well. Maybe it was the lame corporate custom mods. Maybe it was that only old people drove them and old people are generally not great drivers. Or maybe it was that Michael Scott drove one in the office. (laughs) It wasn't just superficial issues either. PT Cruisers were plagued with real mechanical problems as well. Reliability was bad. The gas mileage was bad. It was too small to be a utility vehicle, and you'd be much better off buying something like a Honda Element that was actually more utilitarian and way more reliable. The engine was hard to work on because of that clearance. The air intake needed to be taken out to access the battery. Oh my god. It had a huge, useless turn radius and blind spots galore. PT interiors felt cheap and plasticky. Uh, Before long, sales dropped drastically, and the end was in sight. The PT Cruiser had become a joke car that old people drove, and no matter what Chrysler did, they couldn't reverse that image. Production finally ended in 2010 with over 1 million PT Cruisers spanning 10 years of production. Wow. Yeah, I think there were other uh, retro cars coming out. Oh, sorry. Heritage, Heritage. Uh, design yeah. cars coming out at that time. Uh, there's the SSR truck that you SSR. So I think what they did was like, this car is trying to be too much. Let's just split it into a bunch of different cars. But that's where the the Crossfire came out of. The Pacifica, if you look at it, kind of looks like a surf wagon. Mm-hmm. It has like the textures side that w- could almost be like wood grain or whatever. And then the HHR came out and took a huge chunk out of PT sales as well. Yeah. I mean, an HHR just looks like a boxier version of yeah. a PT Cruiser, right? It looks like a little pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, a big thing that led to this car's downfall, I remember reading somewhere that the reason they were able to sell so many of them is that they just sold to anybody, regardless of credit. Oh, yeah. It was um, that. It was like pre... This uh, is like before the recession and everything. Yeah. But like people would buy these cars with zero money down, crazy interest rates, and by the time they were done paying the car off, the car depreciated like <laughs> 75% or something over the course of like three years, Ugh. which really messed up the reputation sure oh so what do you think jeremiah (laughs) (laughs) what do i think we began this series trying to change your mind on the pt cruiser and tell you it's a good car and then we ended the story by saying it was a piece of crap (laughs) (laughs) well like all kind of cars that i don't know much about but then dig dig into you know which is pretty much what we do for up to speed the pt cruiser has some cool models the best one is that viper truck oh my god i I mean it's a one-off Thing. You think I think that's the best best PT cruiser. If you're gonna get a PT cruiser, it's gotta have a Viper motor <laughs> <laughs> and a three foot bed that you could put. I don't know some apple crates in or something. I don't. It's not like it's a very big bed back there. Because um, that's what you're doing if you own one of those. Is you're going from the apple farm. You're an apple farmer to the apple stand. <laughs> very clearly, apple person. Um, but it's still, you know, it's. Um, just not for me, I don't think. Not for you. Not for me. Okay. I think I I think we could change your mind if we took you to a PT event, which actually we just hired a limo <laughs> that's waiting outside. Oh, the PT limo? Us, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I just like that people love their own car. These PT guys are still, sounds like they're going pretty strong. You yeah. Know? So the thing about that. <laughs> 
there's too many clubs to research in the short amount of time I had. So I really like spent time researching this Colorado Cruisers Club, mm-hmm. which is open to any cruiser. Oh, by the way, but is uh, most people in this club have PTs, and the woman who they interviewed was like in her late fifties, and she was like, "I'm considered young for this group." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. uh, and I went to their website, and there's a really passive aggressive <laughs> post. It's not updated much anymore, but let me read you this. Yeah, please, please do. We've had only a handful of people this past year help us organize places to go and things to do. We do enjoy meeting with you every month, but we are running out of ideas. We need you to step up and get us set up for activities such as parades, going to interesting places, restaurants, etc. We all have very busy lives, but if we want to continue to have fun together, we honestly need your help. That's what a club is. <laughs> a group of folks, not individuals. <laughs> Love Tammy. <laughs> yeah. some, some drama. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. If you're going to be a part of a club. This group is crazy. There's a guy that spent $100,000 on customizing. Oh, this is customizing. the group? Yeah. Okay. He got, like, some well-known comic book artist to do, like, an airbrushed oh, picture that's on right. the back. Right. As well as, like, incredible flames. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but some guy in this group made a V8 Hemi-powered rear wheel conversion mm. of it and i think that might be my favorite i think a really fun project would be one of the turbo cars mm-hmm. make that just super fast depends how cheap like if someone gave you it would oh. you spend would you spend time and money to work on it and like make it better mm. see that 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 that's the test <laughs> that's the litmus test if someone gave it to you and they were like hey make this thing what you want would you dump mm. money into it i wouldn't dump money i'd probably i'd here's what i do okay. i would Ask our our boy Jimmy. Uh, I would get the wheel dimensions of the car, mm-hmm. and I'd say, "Hey, find me the most ridiculous knockoff wheels you can for this car." And then I'd buy some cheap suspension, slam it, put dumb wheels on it, and be done with it. I think, okay. and just make it stupid. You know what I would do? Yeah, let's hear it. I'd raise the roof another two feet <laughs> and convert it to three wheels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have some mixed feelings on the PT, on the PT Cruiser. Well, thank you so much for listening to Pass Gas. Follow Donut on uh, everything. Follow our YouTube channel if you haven't watched our videos yet for some reason. Follow us at Donut Media on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Nolan J. Sykes and on Instagram at Nolan J. Sykes. Follow me on Twitter at, at Joe Webb. At Joe Webb. My other, my other plug was for my Instagram. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going around the circle. Yeah, I only have one Instagram at Jeremiah Burton. There you go. Follow us all. Thank you so much for listening again. We're going to talk about the Nissan GTR next week, so stick mm. with us. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Love you. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home. It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project 
in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.